Praise God. Matthew 16 is where we'll be reading from today. I would encourage you to keep your Bible close. Keep your device close. I'll make reference to some scriptures this morning. Jesus, have your perfect will and perfect way today. It's not by might nor by power. It's only by your spirit, says the word of the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, break every chain of darkness. You are the rock of our salvation, Jesus. Again, to every person that's in the house, every church member, every guest that's in the house. We are so thankful that you're here today. I can't state that enough. We truly are delighted that you're in the house of the Lord today. If you brought a guest today, thank you for for fulfilling the vision and the mission of Truth Church to share the truth in love. I appreciate that, and I promise you I take note of that. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13 says this, and when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah's or one of the prophets. Listen to this verse. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? I I did ask that question but about the others, but who do you say that I am? And one that has a little bit of oomph in him. He's talked about pushovers and stuff last week. He's, he's not a pushover. So the Bible says in verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I wasn't there, but I can imagine that he said it with some vigor and some vitality, if you will. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood Listen to this, hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. He lets him know that this is a revelation. And you got it. Flesh and blood didn't give it to you, but it was revealed unto you of who I am. That's powerful, ladies and gentlemen. And I say... Also unto thee, thou art Peter. Listen to this. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock. Somebody say this rock. Look at your neighbor and say, don't misunderstand that. Look at him and say, he ain't talking about Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Somebody say his church. Somebody say his church. My church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say his church. I want to preach to you from that thought today. His church. One more time with every hand lifted. I know you've done it a lot. I know you may be tired of doing that. Every hand lifted. 
And I want you to pray this first and foremost, and then after that, you can just pray. I want you to pray, God, give me a fresh revelation today. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for your powerful, unadulterated word that is going to speak to us. It's going to change us. It's going to minister to us. I pray that every person that is not in this place, Lord, our online community, the people that watch, Lord, I pray that they would have a revelation that finds them today, Lord, in their living room, in their bedroom, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your power be demonstrated in this house today. Confirm your word with signs following today. We are so thankful, God, for who you are. And Lord, we are going to lift you up. We are going to magnify you and praise your precious and your holy name in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Man, you could play all day long, Seamus. I'm telling you. It's just so good. Praise God. I absolutely love it. Somebody say his church. His church. I would that you'd hear me today. I'm just going to preface for a moment if I can. I would that you'd hear the word of the Lord today. I would that you would be attentive to what God's going to say. I pray that you're not distracted. I pray that you give yourself completely over to what Jesus Christ wants to speak to us in this place this morning. Somebody say amen. If you agree with that, somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, he's coming to the end. And it seems when he starts speaking on the time that he's at and the place that he's at, he, he gives greater revelation. This greater revelation starts coming out when he's at this, the end of his Life on this earth, if you will. And so he gives this greater revelation and he wants to know. As we read just a moment ago, he wants to know who his disciples think he is. He is concerned about it. It's important to Jesus. Who do you say that I am? I submit to you this morning that it is very very important as a follower of Jesus. Somebody say the Christ. Jesus, the Christ, that you know who Jesus is. It's very important. If you didn't think about that or you don't think it's that big of a deal, it is important that you know who Jesus is. He is not just, as the scripture talked about a moment ago, a great prophet, but he is the eternal God in flesh. That's who Jesus is. He was man just like we are man. He felt pain like we do. He was tempted like we are tempted. Not kind of like we are tempted, but just like we are tempted. Jesus understood us. I feel like preaching about that right now. Jesus understood us. I know he made us. I know he formed us. I know he did all of that. Hear me, young people, today, all across the room. He understands us because he was just like us. The Bible says he came and he robed himself in flesh and he lived just like you and I lived. He made a stake. He Worked with his hands. He, he ate some, I don't know if they had popcorn, but he ate popcorn, if you will. He did just like you and I did. It's probably completely and totally not true that he ate popcorn, but my point is, he's just like you and me. He played around, and he, he had fun, and he laughed, and he cut up. He understood you and I. There is nothing that we go through that he doesn't understand. Hear me that to say that today. There is absolutely zero that you and I go through that he doesn't comprehend, that he doesn't get. Nothing that you go through is he surprised about. 
Nothing that you get yourself in is he surprised about. He understands because he was tempted just like, but pastor, he didn't do what I did. He was without sin. He knew no sin. No, he didn't know sin. I get that. I know that. But he's just like you. And he went through what you went through. And the very devil stood beside him and tempted him. There's nothing that you've gone through that's been like that. Somebody say revelation. Somebody say revelation. In our text, Jesus is introducing the concept of the church to his disciples. But he first wants to know who they think he is. Men say that I am John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? Peter in this passage of scripture is one that is firm and has his mind set and it takes a lot to change that. Just talk about that for a moment. It takes a lot to change our minds, ladies and gentlemen. It takes a lot to maneuver us and change us. But Peter, in this situation right here, his mind is set. And he knows what he believes and he says what he says. But also, in the midst of Peter being firm. I don't know who I'm speaking today to right now. I don't know who I'm talking to. Even with him being firm, even with him being resolute, if you will, Peter was still sensitive to the Lord. Anybody just set in their ways, raise your hand. It's all right. I'm not going to throw stones at you today. We're all set in our ways. There's a lot of people in this room who are set in our ways, but Peter demonstrated a sensitivity to the Lord. He was a man that looked on Jesus and knew Jesus. And because of that, he was the only one of the disciples that decided to get up and speak. And when he spoke, he gave revelation. He did. He gave revelation. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That was what Peter spoke. That was what Peter defined. You are the son of the living God. Somebody say revelation. And I get it. I understand that Peter failed. I understand that he messed up. But in Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, it says this, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And listen to this. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I get it. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't do what we should do. But Jesus Christ is looking over the balcony of heaven and he's saying, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. You got a revelation, Peter, of who I was. You know exactly who I am. There's a foundation. There was a revelation that came to you. And I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. What are you trying to say, preacher? You're going to fail, but don't let your faith fail. You're going to fall, but don't let your faith in the one true God fall away. There's a lot of failures. There's a lot of bumps in the road, but don't let your faith fail. Oh, somebody shout amen. amen. You may fail. You may let everybody down. You may do all of those things, but Peter was restored, and he was strengthened, and he was power there was some power back in him and he strengthened his brethren by preaching on the day of Pentecost oh God can't use me don't tell me God can't use you just take that story for example Jesus I prayed for you Peter that your faith fail not now you're going to be strengthened here in a minute you're going to get a little fire back in your step you're going to feel the Holy Ghost again you're going to shout again tears are going to run down your face again you're going to feel my forgiving power you're going to feel my hope and the glory and then I want you to lift your voice and say then I'm saying unto you repent and be baptized Yes. 
Yes, you can. You can continue on. Peter continued on. Somebody shout his church. Somebody shout his church. Revelation came. Jesus said, I'm going to institute my church. I'm going to tell you what I'm getting ready to do. Upon this revelation, upon the understanding, hear me today, of who I am. Not just a God incarnate, but the eternal God incarnate. And upon this revelation, I am going to build and establish my church. He gave revelation of, yes, I am the one true God. And upon the rock, oh, somebody shout amen. I want you to hear me this morning. Nothing has changed. There is one thing that the devil hates. Look at your neighbor and say, hates. There is one thing that the devil hates, that the devil despises, and that the devil wants to completely and totally annihilate in you. And that is the revelation of the oneness of God. Amen. He's hated it when it was established. He was hated. He hated it when it was understood and it was revealed. When somebody first got the revelation, he told him, he said, hey, flesh and blood. I didn't reveal that to you. But it was revealed somewhere beyond the blue. The adversary hates. James 2 and verse 19, it says this. Listen, don't tell me. You think you know what the devil thinks. I'm telling you I know what the devil thinks because the Bible says it. James 2 and 19. Thou believest that there is how many? Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils and they tremble. Don't tell me. If the adversary trembles... Because the revelation of the oneness of God. Don't you think for a moment that he isn't going to try to weasel his way into your spirit and your heart and your spirit and your mind because if he can mess up your foundation and what you believe, he can tear everything apart. We can get excited and scream about it. So I'm going to say that again. If he can weasel his way in, if he can get his tentacles, if you will, into your mind and mess with you about the revelation of the oneness of God, baptism in Jesus' name, if he can get in there and do that, he can mess everything up. I'm going to prove it to you today. He hates. Somebody say he hates. He hates that revelation. Knowing that there is one God And that one God has not some power, but all power. And he's always everywhere at all times. That he's all wise. He can't stand that. Because if you ever get that revelation, you will never be able to live in defeat. That's why he hates it. You and I will never be able to live in defeat if we get a a true revelation of Jesus Christ the righteous. Knowing that your God knows, sees, understands, his way is perfect. Oh, it turns the adversary, the devil. Somebody say the devil. The devil is real. Jacob, say the devil. devil. Say he's real. real. The devil is real, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter if you go to church or don't go to church. The devil's real. You got to understand that. And the adversary, the devil knows that your God is perfect. He knows that he understands everything. He knows that your God is everywhere at all times. And if he can just get sneak in and get you to doubt who he is. 
he listened to me. Just a little bit of doubt of who he is. It will break up your very foundation. Your foundation. I didn't say the church's foundation. I said your foundation. You may be seated. The Bible says that upon the revelation that Peter had, I am going to build my church. Somebody say his church. He said, upon this rock. Somebody say the rock. He called the revelation a rock. He wasn't talking about Peter. I stated that a moment ago. He was talking about and upon the foundation of revelation. He was talking about who he was. On this great rock, a rock that cannot be Moved. Oh, praise God. A rock that will not break or chip away. A rock that will not shatter. A rock that will be there in the midst of storms. A rock that will be there in the midst of trials and persecution. This is a rock. And I'm going to build my church on it. He was saying, my church is going to be strong. <laughs> he literally was helping you and me understand that his church is going to never move. What I mean, but I'm not talking about worship move. I'm talking about move. It is not going to be able to be plucked up it's not going to be able to be turned over. His church is strong. No storm, nothing that comes your way is going to be able to destroy you as long as you're in the church. Somebody say the church. As long as you are a part of the church. Somebody say his church. His church was built for the time in which we are living in right now. There's nothing that surprises him. There's nothing that catches him off guard. Our God, his church was built for this time that we live in. His church, ah, praise God, is indestructible. You can't destroy it, ladies and gentlemen. His church, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the body. Elbow your neighbor say the body. is strong I would to God this isn't even in my notes but I would to God that his church would act like this little church right here This church is on text threads together. This church is together all the time. They stay up to the wee hours of the morning. We got to get up and come and pick them up. Thank you, Sister Ivy. I didn't have to do that. We, this church right here acts like the church. Don't think for a moment that I wanted us to have small groups just so we can get together and have fun. But we're the church. We're to commune together. We're supposed to work together. We're supposed to believe together. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens together. Jesus bore all power when he was on this earth over every demon over every sickness, over every addiction, over every disease, over devils, infirmities. And the Bible says his church is built on that same kind of power and strength. Somebody say the church. Somebody say his church. his church. Somebody say we ain't weak. We ain't say we're not pushovers. We're, not pushovers. we're his, church. his church. 
Praise God. You and I are the church of the living God. Listen, the Bible says the rock on which this church is built is on the rock Christ Jesus. That's what we're built on. We are built on the rock Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that hell shall not prevail against the church. Somebody say shall not prevail. I submit to you today, hell is not going to overpower the church. Hell is not going to tear it down or overcome it. If you are in the church, somebody say in the church, and you feel like, listen to me please, the world is too strong. You need to know that you are not strong enough in the church. That's pretty, that's rocket science right there. Coming from me. If you feel like that the world's too strong, then the problem is not the church. The problem is the individual. Hold on. I'm not belittling. I'm not tearing down. Well, all, all I'm doing today is informing. Because when you get informed, it's up to you to have a action that changes what needs to be changed. Young people, listen to me. The world's not too strong. I mean, the, 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 the world's not strong, stronger than you are. The world is not stronger. He's not going to be able to tear you down and destroy you. The world's too strong. They're going to tear me down. They're going to destroy me. They're going to, uh, they're, they're going to talk about how I look, how I dress, how I live. I don't want people to talk about that. I don't want people to make fun of me. What you need to do is look at where you're at. And if you're Spiritual location is far away from, I'm not talking about the building, the church, the body, the brothers and sisters in the Lord, the people that help you strengthen stakes and lengthen cords, the people that say, hey, come on, we can do this together. We are set apart. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. The ones that can look at you and say, it doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It only matters what God thinks of you. The church says come out from among them and be separate. The world says look like, act like, fit in. So the church, the church, somebody say the church. The church, his church is not going to be moved. His church isn't going to be relocated. So listen to me. If you feel like that the world's too strong and you can't make it, ladies and gentlemen, could it be that you're really far away from where the church is? Because the church isn't going to be moved to where the world is. The church is going to stay where the church is. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So, Pastor, what do we need to do? What do we need to do if we feel like the world's too strong? What do we need to do if we feel like we need to fit in? Because the world's coming over us and they're, they're downplaying us and they're saying things about us. And it's all, what you need to do is you need to pray more. You need to worship more. You need to trust God more. Because this church can stand anything that you go through as long as you hold on to the church. As long as you believe in it. As long as you trust in it. As long as you believe in the revelation that God has given you. It's on the foundation that this church was built. So when you began to move away from the foundation, 
when you begin to act like, look like, live like, fit into, what you are doing is you're removing yourself from the foundation. I'm preaching right now, and I would to God that every young person and every adult and every parent would hear me. When you try to be like, to say what you're saying is the world's too strong, what they have to say is too strong, and, and it's, it's pushing me and pressuring me, so I'm going to do what i got to do to be like. What you're doing is you're removing yourself from the foundation. That is, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That is why. That is why my friends, the people that I grew up knowing, the people that prayed me through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I feel God's presence right now. That is why those individuals that I esteemed highly, that I looked to, that I stayed in their home when I was a teenager. That is why when they begin to get away from the foundation of truth of who God is. They got away and they started looking like the world. And at that time, that's when social media was just starting to come about. And I'd heard things of people and I was wondering, what's going on? Why are they? What are they? He's a pastor's son. He grew up in a preacher's home, an apostolic preacher, just like I did. There's, why would he ever do that? The world was too strong. The world was speaking too much. He didn't want his two girls and his daughter to, to be talked about in school. And why are you going to separate? Why you look different? Why you act different? Why is your hair long? Why are you not wearing those shorts? And why are you not doing this? And why are you not? Why are you different? It was too strong. And so instead of staying firm in the foundation that Peter established in the word of God. Now, now, don't listen. I get it. I feel it right now. I promise you. There's people in this house that say that stuff isn't important. You're wrong. Period. You were wrong. Listen. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. 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 You are wrong. And I'm going to try to help you. I want to be your pastor. It's not. I'm not trying to use soap authority over you. I'm not trying to, to, to lead you with an iron fist. I'm just telling you I know what I'm talking about. I've done this a long time. I've seen it. My friends. People that I loved. I stayed in their home. I played with their little boy in their living room. It's just one. There's many, many of my friends. My grandfather on his dying bed told me it was going to happen before it ever happened. And he told me, he said, you stay strong to hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. Hold on, don't, don't clap, hold on. He told me, you stay strong to hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Don't move from it. Don't leave it. He pulled my wife and I into the hospital room and told me, my, talking about Bishop's dad, said, don't you move from it. This is the truth. Peter gave this revelation a long, long time ago, and we got to stand on it. And when you get away from the foundation, this is what happens. And what I seen happen in my friends, it started with how they presented themselves. The Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, come out from among them and be ye separate. That is why. I'm not going to make anybody do it. I'm not going to make anybody do it, but I do have a platform. And on this platform, you will represent what the Word of God says. Whether, amen. And so I have a platform. There's places that everybody can serve everywhere that I, you're going to go at your own pace, and I want you to believe it and get the revelation when you get the revelation. But this is what I know. My friend, I would never give his name because I wouldn't want it to be broadcasted that I talked about him. But today, you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, it's not out in the open everywhere, but if you come and talk to him, he'll baptize you in the titles. I'm talking about an apostolic Holy Ghost field, youth president of the Texas district when I was a kid. You can sign a little paper that says how you want to be baptized. Baptize me in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, ladies and gentlemen. When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are. So this is what happened. They got away from the foundation. This world's too strong. This world is overshadowed. It's, it's bogging me down. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's nobody in this church, nobody, not one person in this church that I know of, that looks or acts like they act. Not one. 
not one person there beyond what anybody in this church acts like. It's horrid. It's wretched. It makes me sick to my stomach. And what they allow just, it's okay. Easy believism. We love you. I love you so much that I'm not going to make it easy believism. That I'm going to preach the word of God. And I'm going to preach him crucified. And I'm going to preach that you do got to come out. There has to be a separation. How I look doesn't matter. You are disillusional right now if you think that. You have completely, and I'm being as nice as I can be, lost your ever-loving mind. And I'm not being mean at all. I'm just preaching the truth. This church is strong. That hell will not prevail against it. If the devil thought he could destroy the church, he would have already done it. But he can't prevail against the church. Somebody say his church. So what does the devil have to do, Pastor Darren? The devil has to fight and he has to nip away at every individual's faith. He comes to you and tries to nip away at you. He tries to, he's doing it right now as I preach this word. Don't think for a moment that he checked himself at the door. But the church as a whole will not be prevailed against. Can he get one? You better believe it. The Bible says that the shepherd will leave thee and go to thee. Because why? The adversary has been nipping away. The adversary has been getting in the mind of that little sheep and says, Hey, the grass is greener over here. This looks a little fun. The world's too strong. You better get away from all those people over there. The world's going to do this. The world's going to offer you this. And there goes the sheep. Don't think for a moment that one, one can't be lost and everybody else be okay. One will be lost and everybody else will be okay. One will be destroyed and everybody else will be okay. What are you talking about, Pastor Darren? I'm talking about this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the entire church, but the gates of hell will prevail against one that gets away from the church, that doesn't stay connected to the church, that doesn't believe in the foundation of the church. Somebody say amen. Amen. He nips away. But his church is strong. His church will not be overcome. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is not strong enough to sustain you. I want you to hear me. You may be seated, young people, just for a moment. I thank you for standing. When I was talking about young people, I was talking about you, Brother Trevor. Praise God. Amen. The world is not strong enough to sustain you. The world is not strong enough to protect you. The world will only suck you in and grab every fiber of your spiritual being. And it will crumble you. And it will destroy you under its weakness. The world's weak. But the world will grab a hold of you. And it will pull you in. And because the world... In the end, the Bible says, it's all going to turn to rubble. It's going to be destroyed. And because you were a part of the world, I'm preaching to somebody right now. And because you're a part of it, because you wanted to be like it, because you wanted to look like, act like, be like it, and not stand on the foundation of his church, you will crumble. And I, yes, I'm talking about the end that's going to happen. But right now, if you get into it, If you love on the world, if you're around the world, if you want to be the world, if you want to say the world's too strong for me, listen to me. The world will crumble you underneath its weak structure. Your family will be destroyed. 
your life will be destroyed. Your job will be destroyed. Your friends will be destroyed that are around you when you could be set apart, when you could be different, when you could be a part of a church that the gates of hell shall not prevail. That won't happen because you got into the fibers of what this world wanted you to get into. But his church, the church of the living God, somebody say the church of the living God. When you come into it, When you come into his church, it doesn't matter what comes your way. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost right now. As long as you hold on to his church, as long as you anchor yourself in his church, as long as you anchor yourself on the foundation of who he is, you hold on to the revelation of who he is. I submit to you that hail shall not prevail. Somebody say his church. His church. Hail shall not prevail. I just feel like meddling for a little bit, so I'm going to do that. When we allow ourselves to anchor outside the church... Pastor, what does an anchor look like outside of the church? This is what an anchor looks like outside of the church. An anchor outside of the church is you do everything with everybody outside of the church all the time. And only on Sunday and Wednesday are you a part of the church. And barely at that. That is what anchoring outside of the church looks like. But when you are in the church, (laughs) has anybody ever been in a boat with an anchor? Like in the ground, under the water, you've been in a boat. The wind can blow, doesn't it, Brother Darnell? The wind will blow, and it will drift you. And that boat can be pointing due north. And it doesn't matter how hard it blows and pushes. If you are anchored in a secure location. It's going to blow everything that way. But that anchor ain't moving. Amen? That anchor's not going anywhere. So if you will anchor yourself on the foundation of the church, the foundation of who he is, the wind's going to blow. The storm is going to come. The issues are going to rise. But I'm anchored in the church. I'm not moving away from the church. I'm going this way. The winds of doctrine are going that way. Everybody wants us to believe that way. Everybody wants us to do this. Everybody wants us to do that. The world wants us to fit in. But I'm anchored in the church. I'm hurrying. I'm going to be a minute. I'm on... I'm on page six and I got 11 of them. Plus I wrote some stuff down, so we're going to be taking some time. You may be seated. Give, them, give me some hope. Amen. He shall not prevail against the church. How do I know that? How do you know that, Pastor Darren, that he shall not prevail I know that because his church is built on the foundation of who he is. The Old Testament gives us a good view of what people thought about foundations and how they viewed things that were strong enough to sustain them. Deuteronomy chapter 32, help me. In verse 4 it says, Moses said of the Lord, he is the rock he is the rock his work listen his work is perfect that's what he said 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2 Hannah said of the Lord no one is holy as the Lord there is none beside him neither is there any 
rock like God. He is God all by himself. Again, I'm talking about the foundation, ladies and gentlemen. He is God all by himself. He is not the third in the Trinity. No, he is God all by himself. He is the source of all we are. He is the substance of everything we do. Oh, hallelujah. Our God is the one true God. And I'm telling you today, if you're in the church, you're in the right place. If you're connected to the church, you better be glad about it. Because his church is unmovable. His church will not be shaken. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2. David said of the Lord, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. And deliverer. Is there anybody in the house that needs to be delivered today? A long time ago in 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2, he let us know he is our deliverer. They're letting us know. They're laying a foundation of who our God is. He is rock, my fortress, and he's my deliverer. deliverer. 2 Samuel. 22 and verse 32, David said, who is God? Save the Lord. He is a rock. Save our God. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 31, for their rock. Listen to what he says. This is so powerful. I love this. For their rock is not as our rock. Look at it, ladies and gentlemen. For their rock, little r, is not as our rock. Even our enemies themselves being judges. Do you understand in layman's terms what that means? The world looks at their rock. The world looks at what they stand on and they say, hey, this rock that I'm standing on, it's sinking sand. This rock that I'm standing on isn't going to get me anywhere. It's not going to sustain me. But the rock, the Bible says, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their rock is not as our rock. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Even our enemies themselves being judges. They know. They know, ladies and gentlemen. They know. Your friends know that you stand on the rock Christ Jesus. That's why. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That is why when all issues come, who do they come running to? They come to the one that is standing on the rock, Christ Jesus. They come to the one that believes, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They know when you pray, something happens. They know when you dance, something happens. They know when you believe, something happens. The world knows. And the devil fights people's knowledge of God. And the church. Because the devil knows if you ever get a revelation of God as your strength, of the church as your strength, there is no chance of him destroying you. There is no chance of him overcoming you. There is, listen to me, when you get a revelation of who God is, when you get a revelation of who the church is, when you get a revelation in your spirit and heart, there is nothing that can destroy you. And the devil knows that. That's why. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know if anybody else does, but you just bear with me for some moment. We're going to get his chance of destroying your life is over if you get that revelation. He can't survive it. He can't thrive in that. He can't endure you getting a revelation of God and as your strength. You getting a revelation as of the church is helping you and giving you strength. When you get that, the devil cannot endure that. He cannot stand that or survive that. The devil is strategic. And he knows 
When you get full of the Holy Ghost, when you get a revelation of Jesus Christ the righteous, when you get an understanding that He is going to sustain me no matter what I go through, no matter what comes my way, no matter the problems or the issues, if you get that, He can't sustain me. And so the adversary, somebody said the adversary. You may be seated, young people. The adversary, the devil, is strategic. He is a strategic enemy. He is a strategic enemy warring against your spiritual life. When it comes to fighting people spiritually, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's wise. If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Amen. He fights you because if you ever think, if you ever think for a second, somebody say a second. Somebody say a millisecond. If you ever think for a millisecond (laughs) that this church, that God is weak, that he can't do it, if he could ever shake you, or if he could ever make you tremble a little bit at believing that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord, if he could cause you to say, hmm, man, I wonder. I wonder if this, and I wonder if that, and I... I wonder if it really matters if I'm separated from the world. If, it, if he can get you to do that, if he can get you to give in and give up, I want you to hear me today. If he can do that, there will be no chance for you to survive spiritually. If he can get you to just... You will not survive. Hear me today. There will be times. Come help me, baby. There will be times that you will shake. (laughs) There will be times that you will tremble. There will be times that it feels like all hell is breaking loose. But (laughs) Jesus is the rock of our salvation. He will not shake. He is a firm foundation. All other ground is sinking sand, but not the rock of our salvation. I'm telling you right now, this sweet girl, this, I'm sorry, this sweet lady, this sweet lady right here, she's the same height as my little girl, so, or my oldest girl, so kind of messed me up. When we got to the doctor's office and the doctor's office had us go in a room and wait for our doctor, what's his name, Dr. Hodge, we were shaking. She was shaking from the very beginning when she got the phone call and said, you need to bring somebody with you to the doctor's office. We were shaking. We were trembling. We were scared. We didn't like it, Brother Jordan. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what was going on. We had no clue. I didn't even know really what leukemia was. I can promise you that. I had no clue, and most of the people in this room, you have no idea. Nobody. You get educated, don't you, Sister Bobby? We get educated really fast. We got to start reading stuff. We got to start wondering. We got to start asking questions because you don't know. And so what am I telling you right now? I'm telling you that we were shaking in our boots. We were, our our boat was almost capsized. We were pulling to and fro. Everything was going crazy. Every, in the room, I looked at her and I gave her what a husband does. Hey, I don't know why, but but I believe that the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed. And that's all I could go to. You know why? Because I'm anchored in the church. I'm anchored on the Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm anchored. Right here. And listen to me. You will be shaken. You will be turned upside down. You will seemingly be destroyed. But if you're anchored on the rock, the rock is immovable, the rock isn't going anywhere. The rock isn't going to shake and tremble when somebody looks at you and says, hey, you got a terminal disease. you got issues and problems. Your life is messed up. You're clinically depressed. 
get on the rock. We were shaken, but our foundation wasn't shaken. This rock is true and it's strong as it's ever been. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The issues of life shall not prevail against it. Death comes your way. Death comes to your family. Issues come to your family. You better find out where you're anchored. You better find out the foundation in which you're anchored on. Somebody say his church. You better be anchored in the church. You better love the church. You better be a part of the church. I'm going to build it upon a revelation. The foundation will be built upon the revelation of who I am. You better know who he is. You better believe in who he is. You better not be moved and shaken away from who he is. There will be no prevailing power. There's not going to be any prevailing power. I don't care what it is. There's not going to be one prevailing power that can destroy you if you're anchored in the church. Pastor Darren, what do you mean? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this. We may get shaken and the devil may try to pull us, but you better always know where you're anchored. You may give in and you may fall and you may, you may give in to some temptation at times and you may walk away at times, but you better know that I'm anchored on the rock and you better get back there as fast as you possibly can and you better understand and know that yes, the devil can prevail against you, but he can't prevail against the church, the body. He'll get one sheep. He'll mess up on sheep but the adversary doesn't realize that Jesus is looking for you he's trying to find you he's trying to encourage you let me break your leg right now and put you under my arm little sheep and let me tell you that wolf ain't going to prevail against you as long as you're with the foundation of hero Israel the Lord our God is one Lord as long as you stay close to the church Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands under the Lord right now. Come on, just for a moment. Everybody worship him just for a moment. Everybody magnify him just for a moment. If you're able in body, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice to him. Somebody say his church. Somebody shout his church. Somebody shout his church. God. The rock was the smitten rock in Exodus and Numbers. It was the stone that the builders rejected in the New Testament. It's called the chief cornerstone. It's called the rock of salvation. Yes, church, we have been shook. We have been messed with. But the rock will never be shook. The rock is never going to shake under our feet as long as we stand flat-footed on the rock of our salvation. Paul stated that this rock was the sustaining power of Israel. And the rock is Christ Jesus. And hail, somebody say hail. Hail can't prevail against his church simply because it is too strong. It has a foundation that is too strong. You thought I was done, but you may be seated. Somebody say the message. Somebody say the message. Acts 2 and verse 38. It is not a Pentecostal message. I'm going to say that again. Acts 2.38 is not a Pentecostal or a United Pentecostal Church International message. 
It is a Bible. No, no, no. It is the Bible message. It's the true word of God. For this dispensation and for hereafter. It's still good as long as we're here. Amen. As long as we abide on this present earth, it's still good. It's going to be good when he calls his church away. Somebody say it's good. It preaches the good news. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What happens, pastor? What happens when the message is preached? What happens when that message is delivered? When that message is preached and that message is received and you repent and you say, God, forgive me of my sins and forgive me of what I have done. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. People get joy. People get the infilling of the Holy Ghost. People get peace. People get a hope that they didn't have before. The Bible says a peace that passeth all understanding. I just said joy, but the, the Bible says joy unspeakable and full of glory. That means that you're happy. That means that your family's happy. That means that your wife's happy. That means that your husband's happy. That means that your friends get happy. Things change when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you receive the message that was once delivered to the church and the devil. Somebody say the devil. The devil can't stand. The devil can't stand when you get a revelation of who God is. When you stand on the foundation of who God is. And when you listen to the message that God provided for our salvation in the word of God. When you do those three things, I can tell you right now that the adversary, the devil, the one that goes about as a roaring lion, that's all he'll be. He can't be anything else because he can't get to you. I'm different. I'm changed. I'm transformed. I'm renewed. I got the Holy Ghost. I got peace. I got help. Now stand to your feet. Song says, Satan, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Somebody shout Satan. Satan. Come on, shout it loud. Satan. Come on, look to the pits of hell and shout Satan. Satan. Come on, why are y'all looking at me? Look to the pits of hell. That's where he lives. That's where he's at. Say Satan. Satan. The blood of Jesus is against you. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. He can't stand the blood of Jesus. Sister Debbie, Peter said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. That water is extremely important. That water is not a if you want to. You must be born of water and spirit. Got it. No question about it. Listen to me. But that water, that water does not cover it up. The blood covers it up. I don't think you heard me this morning. That is why. Oh, I feel God's presence right now. That is why. If the devil, the adversary, can get in to that heart, 
and try to make you question who Jesus is. Try to question your family. If I can get in there a little bit, if I can bother him, mess with him, if I can chip away at him enough, he'll never believe that if he repents and if he gets baptized in my name, and he receives the gift of the Holy Ghost, he'll never believe that God's blood covers every wrong thing that he ever did. But I'm here to tell the devil, I'm here to wage war on the devil this morning. Listen to me, devil. The blood of Jesus is against you. God's blood is against you. Water can't fix your sin, but the blood can fix your sin. Water can't put your family back together, but the blood can put your family back together. Water can't fix your depression, but blood can fix your depression. You feel like you're washed up. You feel like you're too damaged. You feel like there's no sense to live. Let me tell you something. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. And his church is built on that blood. When he died on the cross, the devil tried. I won. I fixed it. I took care of them. I got it. It's over. I beat the rock. I beat him. I tore him down. Look at him. I told you he could be smushed. I told you he could be covered up. I told you I could chip away at it. I told you I could win. No. The blood of Jesus is against you. And Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He is the one true God. And I stand on that today. And I want to tell somebody, before you leave this place, why don't you run to an altar and say, God, I got to be anchored in the church. I got to be anchored in your church. I got to be anchored upon the rock of my salvation come on lift your hands to him all across this building come on ma'am you need to be anchored in the church come on I know you've gone a long ways I know you've messed up a lot of things I know you've destroyed a lot of stuff but the blood of Jesus is against the adversary. The blood of Jesus is going to cover every sin. The blood of Jesus can pull you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. You've been shaken. You've been hurt. There's been a lot of pain. But run to this altar, ma'am. Run to this altar, family. Come on, Truth Church. Come on, saints of God. Come on, guests. Come on, you consider yourself wayward. You consider yourself a sinner. Come to this altar and lift your hands and anchor yourself. Come on, lift your hands to him. Come on, say it. I'm going to be a part of the church. I'm going to be his church. I'm going to be anchored in the church.